Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots podcast. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with this subject called the spiritual man. And we're basing it on the teachings that the Apostle Paul gave in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And um, it's very important to understand the premise of of this teaching in, in this sense. We don't receive knowledge in the same way as natural people do. Natural people are limited to what they can see, hear, feel, taste, or smell. And all those are wonderful senses. God gave them to us. But Jesus taught that it would not serve you to understand revelation knowledge. He told the apostle Peter and the others who were listening he said, flesh and blood has not revealed to you that I am the Son of God. That's what he told Peter. He said, but my Father which is in heaven. The Father reveals the Son through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the object. The Holy Spirit is the agent. And the Father is the author. And you can see the three of them working together. The Father has commissioned the Holy Spirit to reveal the Son to us. And the Son is the centerpiece of our relationship with God. If you are wrong in your thinking about the Son, if you see Jesus, say, as a created being, the way that some cults do, then you're wrong. Uh, You have to see Him as God. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. If you see Jesus as an exalted angel, the way the Gnostics taught it in the first century, then you're in error about who Christ is. You've robbed Him of His deity. He is the Word of God made flesh, and you could only understand that by revelation knowledge, meaning that when you hear the Word of God taught and preached, there is another layer of transmission coming at you, coming to your spirit. It's using your natural ears or what you're reading with your eyes, but the Holy Spirit is coming at you with truth, and when you get that truth, it changes your life. And what we see is the truth is the truth. I mean, Jesus really was raised from the dead. There is no other fact in the ancient world that has more evidence of a physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. But you and I have not seen that. We've not seen him. We've not, uh, uh, we've not uh, physically encountered him. And for the most part, there have been a few people here and there that had visions. And I'll tell you this. For all the people in the world who believe in Christ, it surprises me that there are not more visions of Christ. And so if simply wanting to see Jesus would cause you to see Jesus, I think we'd have many, many, many more people seeing him. But we don't have to see him to believe in him. And he said this about himself. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So let's get into our teaching today and talk about this revelation knowledge again. Uh, I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to begin reading. Yeah, I'm going to begin reading 
with uh, uh, verse 1, Paul said, For I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the fact that all of our ancestors were under the cloud. They all went through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food, and they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they continually drank from the spiritual rock that went with them, and that rock was Christ. But God wasn't pleased with most of them. So they were struck down in the wilderness. Now let me explain what this means. The Israelites who came out of Egypt were all rescued by God. They were all redeemed. God sent uh, the, 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 permitted the death angel to come and save them from the death angel. Then he took them out of Egypt and took them across the Red Sea. They were covered every day from the heat of the desert sun by a cloud. And they were warmed every night by a pillar of fire in the sky that kept them from having to, to burn fires and to to huddle together for warmth in the cold desert night. These people were amazingly cared for, but there were many of them, in fact, most of them, did not believe the promises of God. And so here's what the Apostle Paul says. Now these things became examples for us so that we won't set our hearts on evil as they did. So there were four things that took them out. They were idolaters, they sinned sexually, they, uh, they tempted the Lord by complaining, and they complained uh, over and over again. So their complaints had two, two kinds, just normal complaining, and then others where they were actually tempting God, which is a little higher level of, of complaining. So we see that these people fail to enter in. So just because you were chosen, just because you were rescued, just because you were redeemed, doesn't mean that you're going to enjoy the benefits and the blessing of God. You've got to become a spiritual person to receive from God. Now, we're not talking about being somebody that's weird and kooky and crazy and you speak in code all the time. We're talking about someone who understands how God communicates spiritually. Now, Paul says that these things happen to Israel as an example for us. We can benefit by learning from them. And there's a reason I want to point this out is because today in our culture, there is a mass repudiation of the past uh, and it's called presentism. And we are canceling people like Jefferson and Washington and, and all kinds of other people. Even uh, writers recently in our country took down a statue of Abraham Lincoln and vandalized it. I mean, this is one of the greatest presidents in the history of our country. Were all of these men perfect? No, they weren't all perfect. Did they all have growth periods? Yes, they did. So did you. And if we're not careful, we have a tendency to judge people by today's standards, and, and, and we think that somehow today's standards are far superior to everybody else. And, and here's what that does. When you take on that way of thinking, basically what you say is this, I cannot learn, I will not learn anything from the past and that is going to hinder you greatly because you cannot know God if you can't learn from the past. Listen to what the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. This is what he said in Ecclesiastes 1.9. That which has been is what will be, and that which is done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. So it's so very, very important that we are able to look back so that we can discern the future. The surest way to know God in your future is to look at how God did things in the past. That's a spiritual truth. 
Now, I'm going to show you how David used that in his battle with Goliath. David had faith to go forward against Goliath because he had looked back at how God had blessed the children of Israel. Now, when God gave the children of Israel the land of Canaan, he did it on a certain basis. There was a procedure that he used. Let me read it to you. It's Exodus 23, verses 29 and 30. God said this, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. So when we read the story of the children of Israel going in and possessing the land of Canaan, what do we see? They did it in stages. God didn't give it to them in one big miracle. He gave it to them in steps and stages, which tells me something about God and the way that he leads. And it helps me to look for a leading of God in my future. And I always ask myself this question when anything comes before me. I ask this, is this a leap or is it a step? Is this something simple that I can do? Can I gain a little ground here? What is a step? A step is not putting your foot into oblivion. It's not like you put your foot off the ledge of a tall building and, and you say, okay, God, catch me. That's presumption. That's what the devil did to Jesus at the pinnacle of the temple. A step is a place where you put your foot out and there is something solid on the other end of your foot. That's what a step is. So when God leads you, he may lead you to take a step forward. And there are times when there's only one step you can take. What do you do? Well, it's what the children of Israel did when they came to the Red Sea. They got there and they couldn't take any further steps. And so what did God say? Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. There are times when you and I have to just stand for a bit till God opens up another step. And God did open up another step. He always does, but he leads us in steps. If you don't know that, you will never be able to follow God. You will always be looking for some huge thing. And I cannot tell you how many people I've seen over the years. There was a precious lady years ago, sweet lady. And this lady I know was very, very sincere. She wanted to follow God. Someone had prophesied to her that she was going to build a theme park that was second only to Disney World in size. Now, I'm not saying that something like that couldn't be done, but I'm saying that if God is going to do that with somebody, he is going to take them on a step-by-step -step journey to get them ready for that. Now, this lady had nothing in her past, nothing, to see that or to show that she had experience in developing any kind of business, let alone a theme park second only to Disney World. But she was convinced that this was God's plan for her, and you couldn't talk her out of it. And I sat down with her. I tried my best to say, look, take a step. Do something small. If God has that for you, and I didn't think that he did, but, but I told her, God would lead you in steps. He doesn't violate his ways. David understood this, and he could see, I'm going to beat the giant because I get steps. Now, let me read this to you. This is so very important. This is when David was called up before King Saul. And Saul said, I heard you want to fight this giant. 
And, uh, and, and he said, you know, you're not able to do this. This is 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. You're just a kid. You're just a youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. And this is what David said to King Saul, beginning of verse 34. Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. That happened at two different times. I went out after him singularly. So he didn't do them both at the same time. He doesn't say I went after them. I went after him and smote him and delivered it from his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, smote him, and slew him. So David, first of all, fought an Asiatic lion, not an African lion, Asiatic lion. They're smaller than African lions. And this would have been an entry-level supernatural battle. And, and by the way, uh, not every day do teenage boys kill lions like this with a shepherd's crook, uh, the way that he did it. Uh, David uh, was able to, or the shepherd's club, he was able to do this supernaturally. Why? Because the anointing oil had been poured on his head to be king, and the first job of a king is to protect and so David had a protection anointing on him. And when the lion came out, he fought the lion and killed it. Then a bear came. Now, scholars would tell us that this bear was not like a little black bear here in North America. This was a Syrian bear, which is very much like our grizzly in North America. So David said, I caught it. I slew him. And he said, thy servant slew, this verse 36, both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, now look at the next part. Verse 37, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. David was so convinced that it persuaded Saul, Okay, you can go. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So what I want you to see from this is that David could see his future because he had already seen two steps in his past. See, when God deals with us about something, it's important to turn and look at what he's done for you in the past. Has it prepared you for this step that you're going to take? Um, you know, God gave me a national TV ministry with the Gospel Bill Show and a traveling ministry that took me all over America. But before he did that, he gave me an outstanding children's ministry in a local church. Now, it didn't start in an outstanding way. It was very, very small. But along the way, I learned how to communicate with kids. I learned how to connect with kids. There's a difference between connecting and communicating. I learned how to connect with kids. I learned how to build relations with them. I understood them. I had three kids of my own. I instinctively knew what it would take to look into a TV camera and communicate with kids. And the proof of it is what I did with Gospel Bill. We were the most uh, widely broadcast Christian television show of our day. And so God gave us that because I was willing to take steps. And that's what I would say to you. If you want to become a spiritual person, you must understand the significance of trusting the Word of God. And trusting the Word of God is not just about claiming a promise Trusting the Word of God is to learn the ways of God. You know, the Bible says that the children of Israel saw God's miracles, but Moses understood his ways. 
Moses was the one who led them. They were not able to lead just because they had seen the miracles. They were able to follow Moses because he understood the way that God would do things. And a supernaturally led child of God, one who was a spiritual person, that spiritual person has regard for the past, for the ways that God has done things. We are not so fooled as to believe that we cannot learn anything from the Scriptures, even from the Old Testament. When I read the Old Testament, I realize God is not dealing with us today in the manner of dealings in the Old Testament, but I can see principles. I can see steps. In fact, Paul tells us, and I read it to you earlier in 1 Corinthians 10, that these things that happened to Israel happened as examples for us. And so that's why I want to encourage you that when you read the stories, read the stories, you see how God does things. Not just what he did, but how he did it. I remember years ago when I was a young pastor, just barely got started, and I was preaching on David and Goliath, and I was reading through and studying a little bit, and, and I, 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 I was about to preach and about, about to write it in my notes, David killed a bear, then a lion, and then a giant. And the Holy Spirit just checked me right then on the spot. I, I, I thought, I've got this wrong. And I went back to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and read it again. I thought, no, I got it wrong. Uh, God led David to go after a, a lion first. Uh, he killed the lion, then the bear. And later on, it was many years later, I found out that the lion was smaller than the bear, the bear was here, and then here's the giant. So God prepared David in steps. But I did get this revelation, and I saw that if David is going to fight this giant, he needs some training. And so training and steps are never wasted. And you can tell a lot about how God is going to lead you and develop you by what he has been doing with you. That's why it is so very important that you complete your assignments, that you finish what God gives you to do, because those assignments are what prepare you for the future. And that's another teaching altogether, so that's very, very important. Well, I want to thank you for being with us on this podcast. And by the way, if you've enjoyed these, I want to encourage you to share this with your friends. Let them know about this. Help me to get the word out. We're not charging money for any of this. And uh, we're doing this because I have a passion to help people understand God's word. And so help me get it out there. Hey, thank you so much for watching today.